Hey there, friend. Rachel here. We're so glad you've joined us for another episode of Mercy Talk. And if you've been with us for a bit, you know we are walking through our best of Mercy Talk series. So today's conversation is actually taken from June 27th of 2019. And it's from a much larger series we did called How Do We Respond? But the topic that we're focusing on is mental health. So I sat down with Brooke Keels and we really spoke and dove into what would it mean for the church to be at the forefront of this conversation of mental health rather than on the back end. I mean, what does it look like for Jesus and science to coexist in the mental health space for a believer? And what would it mean for the church to be a safe place and a place where help can be found as we're having this conversation? So we hope you find it resourceful and encouraging today. This is the Mercy Talk podcast. Mercy Talk is brought to you by Mercy Multiplied. We exist to encourage, equip, and empower both men and women with the same biblically-based principles we've seen work for over 35 years in our residential homes. If you want to find out more, head on over to mercymultiplied.com. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to Mercy Talk. I am one of your hosts, Brooke Keels, and I'm here with your other host, Rachel Thomas. And we are in the last month of our How Do We Respond series. And (laughs) and so, and actually our last week of it. And so this month we've covered unplanned pregnancy and mental health. Um, And so in last week's topic of mental health, we dove into the topic kind of deep, not too deep, a little bit, answered some questions. Um, And so this week, though, we're going to take it a step further and talk about how the church has traditionally responded to this topic, which I'm excited about doing and, again, could probably do about 75 podcasts on. Just a whole year's worth of content. That's right. Mm -hmm. Yep. (laughs) Yes. No, yeah, I'm excited, too, because I feel, again, we've talked about this in the last episode, but um, there can be... a lot of misinformation around this topic, but especially in the church, it, it can feel like there's two polarizing sides, either you're with the Bible or you're with science, you know, and we get the message a lot of times that you can't have both. And so let's just start there. Let's just go in the deep end. Okay. <laughs> okay. Let's just right. dive there and talk about maybe what are some uh, beliefs that you think concern mental health that are rampant in the church today? Medication, no medication, Biblical counseling only. Like, can you break down maybe some methods here that we've heard in the church? Uh, Yeah. So, and and I know I've mentioned this before. I do want to give a little bit of background. So, yes, you know, educationally, that's right. I'm a counselor, all those things. Um, But also, again, you know, my dad was a psychologist. My mom was a social worker. And I'm also a fifth-generation preacher's kid. And so um, I've kind of been in it from just very interesting places Mm -hmm. uh, for a just my whole life. Yeah. And so, um, you know, and I've been practicing in the field for, gosh, I guess 11, 12 years now, which that's, crazy. that's sad. That's, I liked it more when it was one year because oh. that meant I was young. Um, so anyway, um, but yeah, what I've, what I've really seen is, you know, the church handle mental health basically the same way they've handled other things they're uncomfortable with, which is they generally just have a very legalistic view of what it is and what it needs to be uh, until they can't contain it anymore. Mm-hmm. And then they just go, yeah, we don't know. 
uh, what to do with it. And, and, you know, I've used this example before with other things, but I kind of, I, I say it, it, it's very similar to me with how the church has handled divorce. And I know, let me just say, this is, I'm not talking about every church ever. Hopefully everyone listening goes to a great church that handles this extremely well. Thank you for doing that. You know, multiply yourselves and help other people be healthy. But, yes. you know, we, with our faith, it is a religion and with religion becomes legalism. And Mm so it just, um, it is what it is. And I think, you know, again, most people are doing the best they can with what they have, but um, that was my caveat for borderline, not offending most people. Okay. I probably still will, but that's okay. Um, and so anyway, so I think traditionally it's kind of like how we handled divorce, which Mm -hmm. was, divorce is bad divorce is a sin nobody should get a divorce and then the church looked around and goes oh half our people are also divorced like the statistics of the same amount of people in the quote-unquote secular world is the same amount of statistics in the church um and so we go all right well guess it's fine or we just don't talk about it and i think you know my call to action in my heart has always been for the church to intervene and go oh well so if our church is getting if people in our church are getting divorced then maybe we should start doing you know significant amounts of uh discipling or mentoring couples or premarital stuff or just making sure we have healthy humans in general okay. offering counseling you know doing something different but yeah. we kind of just you know respectfully our tendency um when we're scared of something is to create shame and hoping that that and fear mm-hmm. and that that will somehow control people's behaviors. I say all of that, I mean, kind of lightheartedly, but also if you've been kind of the victim of either side, um, you know, may hit some, some spots, but mm-hmm. I feel like it's kind of in the same thing with mental health. Um, we're like, you know, this isn't a thing, this isn't a thing, this isn't a thing, right. or, you know, you just need to pray it out or you need to do, you know, uh-huh. um, pray more, do this more. And the tendency is always going to be on the person that struggles, yeah. right? Or the burden is usually on them. Um, and while there's absolutely a place to say, do you want freedom? Because Jesus very much said, do you want to be healed? Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of times we don't really ask. We go, so, so do you want to be healed from this? And mm-hmm. the person doesn't actually get to choose whether or not they participate mm-hmm. in your, you know, same belief system. And um, so anyway, so I think there's that tendency. There are those who believe in no medication and that the Lord can handle it. And, you know, at the end of the day, people have, have a choice mm-hmm. uh, to believe those things. I have seen the very um, uh, heartbreaking side of that for people who medication would have been helpful in, mm-hmm. in kind of, you know, the Mickey Mouse tire, if you will, mm-hmm. of getting them somewhere. It's kind right. of the cast along the way and it's okay. Um, or they would say no medication, but also not getting intensive mm-hmm. um uh, counseling or, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just, we just got to pray it out. And, um, and that's really sad because then people feel a lot of shame. I'm mm-hmm. not praying enough. I'm not doing enough. Yeah. Um, and at the end of the day, that's just not the heart of the Lord. Yeah. And, you know, I'd go toe to toe with anybody with that. Um, and I think anytime we function in extreme beliefs, we just have to be careful. I think there's always, mm-hmm. there's always going to be outliers. And do we, as the church know how to handle that? Yeah. Right. And, yeah. and so I would never disrespect anyone who believes people shouldn't be on medication. That's, mm-hmm. that's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and I don't, I don't necessarily land too far outside of that camp either. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't, I don't really have a think of should or shouldn't. Mm-hmm. I think we look at each person's individual situation and go, okay, what, what will help them be stable so that they can actually form a relationship with the Lord, Mm -hmm. um, and, and, you know, uh, and form relationships with others or be healthy enough to do that. Um, and so anyway, there can just, there can just be a lot of hurt in the extremes and, and, 
it is also really sad too because there are not a lot of people who do kind of the Bible and science well together. Mm-hmm. And and I just stand with this. If if you really believe the Lord is who He says He is, then there's nothing to be afraid of yeah. in that. Um, he created us to, we're very smart mm-hmm. and we can, you know, I can see, and a lot of people are maybe talented counselors, but there's also things that I learned in school, giftings that mm-hmm. I learned in school. But even more than that, the level of accountability and mentorship that I had to have mm-hmm. to be able to work with people the way that I work with them sure. was intense. Yeah. And there, you know, and so this wasn't just, you know, even just in the field of counseling, like we are required to have accountability. We are required to connect with our colleagues and consult and do all of that. And and because you cannot do this job alone. Mm -hmm. Um, And sometimes I think, you know, the the church, because they know they have a good answer, but then they kind of sequester themselves off and saying, we're doing this alone. Yeah. I don't know if that makes sense. Oh girl, no, you could, you could preach all day and I would just say a hearty amen to all of it. (laughs) And that's one thing I love about you because I know when I have a question, about anything in this area, especially that you're not only going to bring the source of the answer, which is Jesus, but you're fearless in looking at the facts and science and data and not only presenting both, but finding joy and delight. And I think a lot of people are scared of that. Um, like you mentioned, like, Oh, if I believe in Jesus and I start looking at science, like, I don't know if they're afraid it can't, Jesus can't handle it or I don't know, but I, I actually have found some of my most profound, um, breakthroughs with the Lord when I've seen how incredible like his create not only his creation is but the way that he has made our brains to work yeah you know and the way that actually oh my gosh I've been reading about this my whole life in in the word of God but now like science is catching up to what yeah Jesus knew all along oh you know? man guys I'm just I'm gonna lay this out say girl say <laughs> I have studied so much I've been in academia I've been in you know ran drug treatment centers have done all of these things and never once has any part of research or science or any of that disqualified one thing that I have believed in with the Lord mm. not once yeah. that has never happened yeah. and there is no fear in that with me and, yeah. and I'm so thankful of that right yeah. because of and it, part of it's been my experience again I had a you know a dad that was a psychologist and a preacher and very much walked with the Lord yes. and, and still well, he's alive he still does he still, he still does. walks with the Lord <laughs> Just in the case anyone, like, what happens I know to me? somebody's gonna be like, Ray, Ray, okay, yeah, he's fine, he's doing good, guys. Um, and so, you know, it's never disqualified it. And what I really said, the bottom line is, is, is if you know the Lord, if you have a relationship with the Lord, if you know the Bible, that is your worldview, that mm-hmm. is your epistemology. I'm not going to define that again. I already did that That's on good. another That's podcast. <laughs> that is your worldview, right. and so. I see. So when someone presents to me all of this research on the brain about attachment. Right. And how our brains shift or let's say that, OK, well, when when we've got, um, you know, these kids taking specific medications at that age, it's it's keeping their frontal lobe from being developed. Mm-hmm. Well, there's going to be consequences for that. We live in a world where there are consequences for our actions, mm-hmm. whatever that is. Yes. Right. But the thing is that we can be fully informed about those things. All right. So there's ways to, to, you know, we go, oh, well, we've adopted these kids and they had no, they, you know, were not touched for the first year of their life. What can we do? Well, guess what? One of the really cool things that science has done is that we've been able to examine the brains. We've been able to work yes. on those and increase levels of attachment so that children can bond with their adoptive parents. Okay. You know, we've, I mean, it's the, the brilliant thing about that is that I, I know who, who I, who I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, right. Yeah. I know who I am yep. with the Lord and, and nothing has ever disqualified what I believe. In fact, it's only in like supported it yeah, and increased enhanced. it. And I'm not delusional. 
No. Okay. Really not. Definitely not. And so, you know, there have been things that I'm like, how do I reconcile this? Sure. Um, you know, but it's it's always made sense at yeah. the end. Yeah. Um, and if it doesn't, I'm, I get excited because I'm like, great, there's more things I don't know yes. that I can continue to learn. And so, yes. so you know, it kind of makes me sad when I see people that get afraid of doing that. But, yeah. you know... If you if you know what you believe, there's nothing to be afraid of of hearing other sides or considering other sides yeah. or seeing that if for this person, you know, for the most part, most people can. They can pray through it. They can be discipled mm-hmm. and that's OK. But there is a large group of people that have been through things mm-hmm. and they have been abused in ways that you can't imagine or they've been treated in ways that you can't imagine that at the end of the day. It has affected them physically. Yeah. We know that. Yes. And it is okay to acknowledge that because the Lord has an answer and that can be redeemed yes. through skill, through practice, through you discipling them and a really great Christian counselor yeah. or, or a counselor who's a Christian. Let me right. say it that way because we've discovered that can confuse <laughs> right. people. You know, um, or maybe it is a psychiatrist that isn't a Christian or mm-hmm. a psychologist or a counselor who isn't a Christian, but they know about trauma mm-hmm. and they know how to help someone get stable sure. while you you disciple them. You don't have to be afraid Mm. of those things. Ideally for them to be a Christian. Yes. Okay. It's nice that they believe what you believe in freedom or the, you know, client believes or the patient believes or whatever word we want to use. But, you know, at the end of the day, we as a church do not have to be afraid of Mm. of the research that's been out there. We really don't. It actually just confirms really what we know. Yes. Um, so yes, drop the mic. If we, there you go. Seriously, like no. this isn't, and this is a whole separate topic too. If we even go down the road of secular versus sacred, which we kind of talked about a little which bit is today, just such which a is just terrible. Let's stop. I know. I'm Let's sorry. Stop saying I all truly that. do hate that that word. But I, anyways, yes and amen. I love how um, he's made it all. He owns it all. It's all his, anyways. And uh, you don't have to be afraid, like Brooke said to to dive in and to use the brain that God gave you to ask questions and to look deeper into this. So kind of on this same trajectory of thought with um, asking questions and, and saying things, I know you mentioned before about um, a lot of people will say, well, just pray it through. Just pray it through. You know, you don't need medicine. Are there things that you have heard specifically that have impacted maybe in a harmful way people who have sought mental help and maybe that's not one of the phrases maybe it's another phrase but could you maybe give us some some guidelines you know we believe in practicality here for for what to avoid and like this is just not a good idea to say to somebody who's needing help I just I I think that somebody who's struggling with mental health stuff you know whether it's depression anxiety or maybe they've just walked through some just horrific things Mm -hmm. right Whatever the spectrum, anywhere on the spectrum, anywhere right. you lie, or maybe they're just really stressed out mm. and things are really hard. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And they just need some added support. I think that one of the best things we could do is frankly, just be like, can you tell me what's going on? Mm. Right. Yes. And even just asking, how can I help? And yes. sometimes they don't know, Yeah. but it might be, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to pray with you in this, but we, we just tend to offer advice. And most of the time it comes from a heart of being, especially if you've walked through it and been set free, Mm -hmm. that you're like, look, (laughs) Jesus has this, we got it. And that's so good. Be encouraging, but also remember what, what it's like, Mm -hmm. because if someone is in guys, if if you know this, if you've ever just been in just this really anxious place or Mm -hmm. really dark place or whatever, you are not thinking straight. And so one of the best things you can do is just be really kind Mm -hmm. and go, why don't you just talk to me about it? Tell me what's going on. Um, and, and I, and I know uh, again, and it hurts my heart because I know I'm probably going to upset somebody out there, but at the end of the day, 
Like it is not your job to be like, well, if you did this, then, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. If you, if you prayed more, if you, you know, well, you didn't come to church last Sunday, if you did, 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 did all of those things, right. This is not the time or place to do that. I think there's just a gentleness that can come to meeting someone who is hurt, yeah. you know, and, and, and none of this, and we can go into another day of holding people accountable for their actions. Sure. Right. But we're talking about broken people. And I think, too, really praying through what do you really believe? Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, if you're walking with somebody and you go, you know what? Like, I, I'm, I'm praying with them. I'm walking through it. They need something else that, frankly, that you support them in that. Sure. Right? Or maybe they come to you and go, I'm not okay. I need to go to counseling. Yeah. And that you're like, you know what? maybe I don't think that's what's best, but if you do, then I'm going to love you through that because the worst thing you can do is cut your relationship off Mm. with them. Or the other side of it is that people don't want to offer that at all. Even if they're like, I've got a really great counselor, Mm -hmm. but I don't really want to say. And like, I don't like if, if you do, you know, just being able to kind of own up to, Hey, like I've got somebody and they were really helpful to me. Yeah. And, and I really think you should just consider going. Yeah. I will be here with you. I will pray through the things with you. Yep. Um, you know, I'll do all of that piece, but I think you should go and just see what else they have to say. Yeah. Because another piece is just having a, a person in your life that respectfully doesn't have a dog in the fight. Right. Right. Yeah. You come to me. Sure. I don't know you. I don't know your mama. I don't yep. know your sister. I don't yeah. know, you know, all these people. And we can kind of look as objectively as another human can yeah. at a situation and think it through maybe differently. Differently, maybe encourage in a different way or frankly just break it down into small you know easy to eat steps kind sure. of thing of what and those are all just what what someone who you know is a counselor or whatever should be skilled enough to do sure. um and then the other side i've seen is that when someone gets quote unquote out of control mm-hmm. right the other two sides is that we either blame the person Right. right. Well, they right. they're not doing it enough or whatever. Sure. Or we do refer them and then we're like, bye. <laughs> Let me know how that works out, you know, yes. and it's really sad because I have seen this consistently. I'll say okay. that we can talk about extremes. But sure. what I have consistently seen in the church is that someone comes to church, everybody rallies around them right. until the person gets too much. So then they keep trying to rally around. They sure. wear everybody out. And yeah. then by the time someone actually says, hey, I think they need something else. The community is done they're with done. them. Wow. Like we so want true. to refer yeah. before you're done with oh, them. Right, 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 right. Right. Because yeah. it's, it's not our, it's not their fault that we chose to not have boundaries. Man. Right. Oh, and yes. so, and, and that's what we tend to do. Well, like I've been available for you 24 seven and now I'm, I'm out. Right. And, and so, or they get upset when they go, I'm available for you 24 seven and the person calls you 24 seven, you know? And so, you know, we talk about that yes. a lot at Empower. Oh, yes. You know, but, but I think that's just really the thing is, is frankly, can you take a step back? Can you just be kind and listen and yes. hear what somebody has to say and really pray through, Lord, what is the plan for them? Mm-hmm. Mercy Multiplied is a free of charge Christian residential counseling program for young women between the ages of 13 through 32. See how one of our graduates left college to get help. I was nervous because I did not want to leave school. Again, that's the hesitations of what are people going to think? Am I ever going to catch up? People have paid money for me to be here. I've paid money for me to be here. Is this really the plan? Is this what I should do? It definitely was worth it because you have to go through that process of becoming healthier so that when you do graduate from a college, you can pursue what he's called you to pursue. Um, Don't quit. 
don't give up, don't give in, then He's gonna lead you and He's gonna guide you and He's gonna bless you. We know the plan for them is for them to know Him. Sure. That's non-negotiable. Sure. Right. But what is the plan for them and the support that they need? Sure. Man, Brooke, that's so good. And I think, too, I just want to follow up on something you said a second ago. Because if you've listened to this for any amount of time, you know, we like practicality, empower, and the book Boundaries. Mm. <laughs> we yes. love Boundaries uh, for so many reasons. But one in particular, because it allows you to do what God has called you to do um, from a place of health and for a long period yeah. of time. And it's been really interesting, you know, the topic. I'm going to just rabbit trail here for a second because it applies and I'm passionate about it. Um, okay, so it. here we go. I will grow. Um, so, you, you know, you hear the, the term self-care a lot. And I have been following kind of this conversation on social media lately, like self-care, you know, like you just, the gospel is about others and like, you need to buckle up. Self-care is just this weak thing that's come up and like, get over yourself kind of thing. Um, I don't know. And, and I get what they're saying. Cause I know you can go to the other extreme, but I also think too, that self-care is actually an incredible incredibly humbling thing to do because what you're saying is I don't have all the answers. I in and of myself need to safeguard this relationship because I'm a human and I could, I could fail you if that makes sense. I need to take care of myself and protect our relationship so that I can serve you better. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Um, and what boundaries does is it helps you to say like, I'm not Holy spirit junior. I cannot, I can't save you in and of myself. Mm -hmm. And so these boundaries are actually going to allow me to help you from a healthy place. Um, how, what do we say? Hurt people, hurt people right. and free people, free people. So right. the self-care conversation could go in so many directions, but I guess also look at it from the perspective of like, you can't help somebody when you're unhealthy and when you're, when you have no boundaries and part of having boundaries is taking care of yourself as well. Um, so anyways, that's just, another little yeah rabbit trail and guess what there may be times when somebody's talking to you and you're like yeah no I'm not good in this place either <laughs> right. and you know and that's okay and all I can say yeah. is you know what I don't have that figured out either sure but I get it yeah I get yes. it and so yes. let's let's figure this out yes. like what our next steps are yep. I think there's just such a, a beautiful place of just being honest like yeah. we so desperately want to have answers for people right. that will make them feel better in a moment and a lot of times when people are struggling with mental health stuff for whatever reason it is, and for the most part, this day and age is going to be from trauma, sure. right? You, you can't just say a beautiful phrase that takes all of that away. It's mm. a process, and and we know that. Even if you've lived just your healthiest life, right? Mm -hmm. So the healthiest person who had the best family and whoever you are, bless you, because my family tried really hard, and they screwed up a lot, right? <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, our joke is, like, our job is to screw up our kids, and mm -hmm. you just say for their therapy, and it's great, and the Lord will use it. Beauty <laughs> for your ass. Yeah. Right. And so I think that, yes. you know, and, I, and I'm saying that for everybody doing the best they can, sure. right? Right, not, right? Not from from obviously horrible places. But I think that, you know, we just have to, to be honest with mm -hmm. where we're at. And it's it, there's just such a we just don't have to have the answer. There's nothing we can say. But the, what the Lord does is he shows up in the process, how we learn to forgive. Right. Mm -hmm. It's it, because it makes it last. 
It's yeah. not this immediate, okay, forgiven. Right. No, like it's learning to trust him. And I, and I've, you know, this is my personal thing. I think it always goes back to the character of God. All of these things that have happened, all of the things that people struggle with is to distract from the character of God. Mm. And so if we, you know, learning his character is a process. The way that you understand it, the way that my eight-year-old understands it is different than the way I understand it. Right. Right. Cause my eight-year-old right now, like I told him about, you know, just these family members in our life and, you know, he's like, well, why is this one struggling? And mm-hmm. I said, cause they both went through the same thing. And I said, well, because one of them chose to let the Lord dig in and heal those places. Mm-hmm. And the other one chose to be bitter and, and not let yeah. that happen. And, and he goes, are we mad at him for that? And I said, no, it, it makes sense. Right. I know my kid, your son is a genius. He's something else. But <laughs> I was like, no, it, it makes sense why someone would choose that. Sure. But it's really sad. Mm. You know, and he said, well, why would he said, why would he choose that if he can see that the other person is so much happier than him? What? And I was like, oh all right. Liam. Well, but I just mean like what a simple thing. Right. right. If, if we just walk around kind of rejecting the Lord or being miserable. Right. Right. Our tendency is to look at other people that are healthy and be mad at them about it right. versus like, what did you do? Yeah. Right. Yeah. How do I get what you have yes. kind of thing, yes. which is why the Lord is very clear on like he, they will know my people. Mm-hmm. By their, their love, love and their differences, you know, and so and so I think that's what I kind of try and hold myself to. But that's so simple mm. for an eight year old. It yeah. is not so simple for the person he was talking about who's completely broken. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But at the end of yeah. the day, he made an agreement mm-hmm. that the Lord couldn't get him out of it. Yeah. And so he sees the world differently. And so we have to just remember that, yes. that whatever they're struggling with, it makes sense. Yeah. It doesn't make it okay. Right. But it makes sense. And if you can kind of empathize at that level and go, but there's an answer. Yeah. Right. Yes. So. Yes. Man, girl, that's so good. Um, I want to ask you to close us out this way. And it's just a little bit different than what we've normally done. Um, but could you actually speak to the person who is considering asking for help with maybe some mental health uh, struggles that they've been going through? What would you, cause we've talked about the church and you've even given some practical, um, ways today of, of how the church could approach this or people who have those in their life, um, seeking help, you know, with boundaries and, and pointing them to, to others and to seeking professional help. But what would you say to the person seeking that help? Um, and maybe they're scared, maybe they're afraid of what other people will think, or, um, maybe those lies that the enemy has even whispered to them, just taking that first step seems so daunting. What would you say to encourage them to, to reach out for help? I think just, you know, it's such a tough place because I'm thinking of all people in 400,000 different scenarios, right? Sure. But if we're just talking to just someone just from a hurt place, sometimes the hurt seems more familiar and comfortable than the freedom. Mm-hmm. And and the idea that what if I hope for something that I'm not going to get, yeah. right? Yeah. And so I think my encouragement to them would be, there is, there is hope. Right. And whether you believe that or not, it is worth finding out. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of times we'll have very basic answers for people. Like, so if they come and see me in session, you know, and they just be like, I, I, you know, I came, but I don't know. That's fine. We're just doing today. Right. Right. And there's a level of that, but sometimes the fear of being brokenhearted again or let down again can Mm -hmm. just be overwhelming. And I really, really encourage people to find somebody 
who will pray with you, who will walk alongside you and just can tell you that there is something on the other side of this and mm-hmm. it's going to be worth it yes. on the other side. Yes. Um, and if you don't have that person that, you know, at the end of the day, it's worth the risk. And, and, and two, that you have some power in that relationship. I, I know I wrote, I think, an article about this in the Multiply magazine two, two years ago. I don't know. Okay. It's Three years ago. Yeah. Anyway, but it's like, it was like basically how to find a Christian counselor. And, but the point being is that you have, just like if you would call a medical doctor and be like, do you do this thing? Right. If I need sinus surgery, I'm not calling, you know, I don't know. I went with prostate doctor. That wasn't in my head. (laughs) An allergy doctor. I don't have that. I don't know. I don't know where these things come from. Yeah. An allergy. No, but there could could be technically, right? See, I was trying to go opposite. Sorry. A podiatrist. Yes, a foot doctor. That's, That's it. Like, there you go. That's it. Thanks, guys. Um, and so, oh gosh, right? And just in the moment of, of trying to be a blessing. Um, but truthfully, like you wouldn't. You would go, okay, yeah. is this what you do? And how many surgeries have you done before right. you crack my nose open and do these things? And yeah. Right? And yes. so I think it's the same place. We have the authority to call a counselor and go, how do you believe change happens? Yes. Like, do you believe that, are you trying to teach me to cope? Or do you believe this is something I can work through right. you know what I mean and, and they're going to be careful because they're going to be like I mean I can't promise you anything sure. but the question is what do they you know believe in that or what is your you know theory of practice like how do you how do you see change occur yeah. how, you know ask them those questions and if they say they're a Christian great me too and I want that to be part of my session because right. there are plenty of counselors out there that are Christians mm-hmm. who you know work with people who are Christians and work with people who aren't and right. guess what guys we can do both it's amazing you know, and so it's hard because you're like, oh, you need Jesus here, but I'm yes. not, we're not doing that. And that's okay. That's not what you want yet. You know, but, um, it's, there's, um, a place for that of like, this is something I want. My faith is a big part and I want it to be a part of, of that, right. you know? Right. Um, and so, you know, I, it, it can be scary. I mean, it, it probably always is. And mm-hmm. I think anytime that that's what the enemy likes to crush the most is hope Mm. um and just doing what you can to find hope and for those i mean just like guys these these young women in the application process to come Mm. to mercy and the things that they lay out um in order to come here but so many times you'll see like they lay it and then it'll get to okay it's time to schedule and they're like oh no you know and it breaks our hearts because we're like you're almost there you're almost there you know but it is it's voluntary at the end of the day every part of our life for the most part is voluntary you choose what you do you choose what you participate in and so you get to voluntarily choose am i going to take this risk or am i not you know feel free to vet counselors be invested in your own healing and you have to partner with that you Mm -hmm. just have to nobody can do it for you no matter how many people are trying to drag you there (laughs) it just won't it won't matter and it will just exhaust everyone Mm -hmm. you know so i think that that's it the the key is you, you get to choose whether or not you do this. And, yeah. and I hope that you do. I yes. really do. Yes. Man, that's so good, Brooke. Well, we hope you found this series really helpful. And again, not to exhaust the word practical, but truly um, the whole reason we even did this was because we felt uh, we felt so many of these questions stirring in and amongst our conversations and other people that we interact with on a daily basis, even in our own churches. And so um, we pray that this was not a series that confused you or uh, caused unrest, but really gave you permission to uh, stay curious, which that may sound a little too lighthearted for what we've talked about, but really so many times continuing to ask those questions um, is 
an incredibly empathetic act on our part. And so that you would continue to stay curious um, and compassionate and loving others uh, like Jesus. So stay with us as we dive into the next couple months and we head into the summer. We're going to be getting into some other really cool things, but we're so glad that you've been on this journey with us. Join us next time. We're so glad you joined us today. We'd love for you to head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. You can also find previous episodes there. Mercy Multiplied is a nonprofit organization completely funded by our donors. We're incredibly grateful and couldn't do what we do without them. If you want to find out more how you can partner with us financially, head over to mercymultiplied.com.